Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Could You Please podcast, episode number 14. We have so much to talk about, and uh, I can't wait. Here we go. Let's chill in the music for a second. God, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Could You Please podcast, episode number 14. And we're here to have a silly goose time. And I'm super grateful for that. And I'm a day late, and I have a good reason for that. Because I really, uh, you know what? I don't have a good reason for it. But that's okay, because we're here. It's Tuesday. It's beautiful, right? You're going to wash your monkey. You're going to go out. You're going to get the things done you need to do. You've already done those things. Right? So here we are. We're at the end of Tuesday. We're at the end of Tuesday. You know what? We're killing it already. Killing it already. And, uh, you know, I've been struggling, dude. I don't know why. Like, this is one of my favorite things to do of all time, dude. This is, like, my favorite thing to do. When people ask me what the highlight of my day is. If it's a Monday or Friday, it's, I'm going to do podcast today. That's the highlight of my life, right? It's doing the podcast. I just freaking love doing it, man. And, uh, you know, as we keep going, we're going to keep getting more refined. We're going to get better. We're going to get... Uzi, knock it off. No, 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 dude. We already went outside, bro. Okay. But, you know, we're starting to compile more lists, and uh, now I have some talking points and, like, actually can stay on track. But we're here to have a silly goose time. If you don't want to have a silly goose time, you want to listen to, like, you know, in-depth conversations about topics, go over to Cheap Shot Discussions. But here we're having a silly goose time. Okay? Um, oh, my God, dude. So, Friday... I have to tell this story because I think it's very relevant as to, uh, you know, what happened that day. And uh, what happened that day is I went to the doctor's office. Um, so I go in there. I'm, I'm, I, I walk in. I get the little, uh, you know, email on my phone, whatever. Like, making sure you're going to make it to your appointment. It's at 4 o'clock. I get off work at 3.30. Perfect. I'm going to drive there now. I'll take State Street. It's going to take a little bit longer, but hey. I'll be right there. So I start driving to the doctor's appointment. And, uh, you know, just you listening to music, whatever. It's traffic so slow on the road, but I have to make this appointment. I get there, and I walk into this uh, this doctor's office. And there's a man there in, in uh, the baggiest clothes. Like, I'm talking Calabine shooter clothes. So you could stuff a shotgun in them bitches. He walked in there with those pants on and this baggy shirt and, uh, and uh, you know, a baseball cap. So the first, I know what you're thinking. He must be a business professional. But it turns out what he actually asked, he was yelling at the receptionist, this lady, right? He's like, 
okay, I understand. I understand that he can't see me, but I've run out of medicine. Okay? I've run out of medicine. So I need to see somebody. And I shouldn't have to see a doctor to get a refill on my medicine. And, you know, the lady's like, I'm so sorry. We'll see if we can get someone to talk to you. Whatever. He goes and sits down. Yeah, that'd be great. So then I get up there and I'm like, go into the little kiosk to check into the doctor's appointment because it's the future. And I scan my little handprint and it says, you don't have an appointment set. It's like, oh, damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it, son of a bitch and damn it. You know, normally at this uh, this doctor's office, they give you a call a couple hours after you book it to confirm that you meant to book it. And if you don't, they push you back. But that was, so that's what was going through my mind. Like, oh no, I missed a phone call. I can't get it to the doctor. But what actually happened was, turns out I made the appointment for the next Friday. So she's looking it up. She's like, oh, it looks like you have an appointment for next Friday. And then I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was just projecting on this this D-bag in front of me. Uh, But I just said out loud, like, it's okay. I probably just have a case of the dumbasses. You know, I needed to get my uh, prescription refilled. I needed to get my prescription refilled. But, uh, you know, it's okay. That's why I made my uh, appointment a couple weeks in advance is just in case something like this happened. Anyway, have a nice day. (laughs) so funny anyways it's little things like that like it's little things like that like i just don't give a fuck man and that's why i need to switch up my medicine a little bit i think is because um and there's no shame in that man if you have to be on a medicine for something there's no shame in that i just feel like the medicine that they put me on turned me into the terminator like i don't care about your emotions dude does not compute does not compute so i can say things out loud and not really uh not really care about the repercussions but anyways yeah so it turns out the appointment was the next week entirely so there i go there i go again huh there i go making mistakes but it's okay it's human it's being human it's being able to laugh it off and walk out of there and not have to yell at the receptionist because your own fault um but yeah God, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, you guys. I got into tarot cards. And, uh, you know, whatever you might think about tarot cards. This is, let me tell you, let me tell you what I think about tarot cards. And it's that my entire childhood coming up in the Mormon church, I was taught tarot cards are the devil. They're a way for Satan to come in and ruin your life. But what I actually found out is that these tarot cards have nothing to do with occultism. And what they actually do is they pave a way uh, to better yourself as an individual, which is the last thing organized religion wants. If you're an empowered individual, you don't need religion. You don't have to pay your 10%. And I truly believe that, and I see that now. Um, so it's easy for religions to paint these things as like taboo or like of the devil or occultist or whatever, when in fact... It makes the individual better. Hey! Hey! No. No, come on, dog. Makes the individual better, man. And the second I started looking at my tarot cards and realizing that 
I needed to be more receptive to just what's going on and being very focused in the moment because as much change as I want to make, um, I'm at mercy to the universe, man. And I truly believe that. 100% truly believe that. So anyways, I've been getting these tarot card readings. And, uh, you know, very, very descriptive as to what's happened, what's going to happen. I can only assume it's descriptive of what's going to happen, right? Because everything that it predicted so far has almost to a T come true. Following it for the past six weeks. Hey! Hey! Get out of there. Almost to a T. And it's kind of shaped my perspective as to just rolling with the flow, man. It really has. It really has. And um, I'm going to continue getting them. I'm going to continue looking at them uh, from a unpolarized perspective where I can kind of analyze or have an analysis of what that means in my current life. And that's what it's all about, brother. That's all what it's, that's all what it's all about, right? So, anyways... So the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's get into it, huh? Let's get into it. I'm going to call this podcast episode 14. uh, Porn, sex, and orgies. Or polyamory. Let's talk about it all. Why not? Let's get deep into what's on the minds of young teens and tweens and whatever the hell in 2019. It's a weird time, man. It's a weird time. You know, porn is the funniest thing, dude. Porn is the funniest thing. Like, it used to be so taboo, and now it's so widespread. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, what are you watching? Double penetration? Oh, cool. I'm into anal right now. Like, it's so open, man. It's so open, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy because, like, if you would have had these discussions, like, 10 years ago, most people are pretty, like, closed down about that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's so funny, dude. Like, (laughs) these, these porn movies and, like, scenarios that come out that paint, like, all of these perceptions of what you're supposed to think of sex and all that shit is total fucking garbage. And it's funny because most guys out there that are too insecure to actually know for themselves think that this is how women like to be treated. <laughs> That's like saying, hey, bro, read this Star Wars book. He's like, cool, where's the spaceships? Where's the spaceship? No, dude, it's not real. It's not real. There's no spaceships, dude. Get in your fucking car and go to your job. Right? It's not real, man. And all these, uh, <laughs> all this pornographic film is just confusing, dudes. It's just confusing, dudes. And then what you get is you get a bunch of guys that think all chicks want is dick pics. So then they just start flooding Instagram accounts with dick pics. Huh? How about this? How about this? Send her, send her a picture of your arts and crafts, you fuck. Send her, send her a picture of. Uh, the Valentine you made your mama for Valentine's Day. How about that? Send her a picture of that. See how different it goes. It's just so funny, dude. Like, all these young guys are so obsessed with sex. 
that they'll just cuck themselves out and be like, agree with everything a chick says and be like, oh yeah, oh my god, yeah, oh, yeah, I, oh, oh, I totally, yeah, and just sit there and just be like, all for sex, dude? All for sex? Are you kidding me? I'll give you an insider tip here. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20 years old. And that, or until I was in my 20s, right? I don't regret that one bit at all. And the reason is because it had me focus on, it, it made me reprioritize everything at an early age. So the fact that I wasn't having sex and I could have lost my virginity. Let me tell you this right now. I could have lost it when I, I think I was either 16 or 17. But I made the conscious decision not to. And the fact that I made that decision because I knew that it would be an addiction for me. I have a very addictive personality, dude. Let me just tell you that. And the fact that I made that decision that I wasn't going to do it then refocused my priorities into what actually matters. And it made me achieve a shit ton. Made me achieve a shit ton. And when I see all these, all these frat boys... Oh, cool, you're 19 and you've banged 40 chicks. Awesome, dude. That's great. But how's your bank account looking? Right? How's your happiness? Are you happy? Are you happy as a person? Can you spend five minutes alone in a room with yourself? Can you do that? Oh, you can't? Oh, oh. But at least you get to put your meat stick in the sugar walls, right? <laughs> that makes it all better. It's comical to me, dude. It's comical to me. All these guys just want sex all of the time. And uh, that puts me in a deep minority. A deep minority. And that's okay, dude. Because that makes me unique. And that's me. that makes me sought after in a way. And, uh, you know, I just wish dudes my age would stop treating sex like it's fucking supreme. Because, you know, sex is cool. Sex is amazing. I'll be honest, sex is fun. But at the same time, if you can't find more fulfillment in sitting down with a date or someone that you're like passionate with and eating a burrito and talking about something deeper, I feel bad for you, dude. If you think sex is better than that, I feel fucking bad for you, dude. I feel fucking bad. <laughs> oh my god, dude. It's just funny. It's funny. Let's talk about orgies, huh? And polyamory and all this shit. You know what it tells me? It tells me you're insecure. It tells me you're insecure with yourself, dude. Polyamory. Let me uh let me refocus on this in general. I view polyamorous people as people that can't commit. They can't make commitments because they're too afraid to deal with something they don't like. Oh my god, I disagree with this person, so it wasn't meant to be. Really? Go find someone, right? Go down to your local Kmart and find someone that agrees with everything you think. That's not what it's about, man. It's about making compromises and and about pushing through things to make you as a stronger individual. And the second you're like, oh, I don't like this. There's a million fish in the sea. I'm going to go out and fuck a, fuck a bunch of dudes. I'm going to go out and just fucking slam a bunch of chicks. 
cool, dude. Guess what? You're not going to have any long-term fulfillment from that. You're just not, dude. And it's comical to me. Uh, now, I'll, I'll give you some insider advice, you guys. I've been invited to several orgies, right? I've been invited to several orgies, and my reaction is always the same. I don't fuck chicks. I only make love. Even to all the hookers. Just kidding. That's a Chris Leah quote. Go check him out. Congratulations, podcast. Tremendous. But it just comes down to like, I'm not an animal, dude. I'm going to take my dick out of someone and put it in someone else in front of some other peeps. No, dude. No. Sex to me is intimate, man. It's something that's built up to. Because the second you give that away, you have nothing, dude. That's your chip, man. That's your gambling chip. I've had more girls mad at me on dates that I wouldn't fuck them. And that's mind-boggling to me, dude. They genuinely get mad. Because most girls realize that men fall victim to sex. And they'll take advantage of it. And the second you decide that you're not going to let that be a gambling gambling chip, guess what makes you different? And that's just how it is, man. That's just how it is. So it, it really, really makes me laugh when all these fools are out here like kissing up to chicks or like sending them things on, like slipping in the DMs. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? Focus on your own shit. Hold on. I'm getting emotional now. Focus on your own shit. And you'll get what you want, dude. And that's as simple as it is. Like, if you like, I don't give a shit what you like. If you like going on a unicycle across a tight rope, right? The second you start focusing on women, you're going to degrade yourself in, or men. Let's take it both ways, right? The second you start to say, Oh, I'm going to I'm going to start pursuing a relationship. I'm going to start pursuing going after someone I want to get. That's where you lose the magic, guys. The magic comes from doing what you're good at, loving what you do, and the people that are attracted to you will gravitate towards you. It does not require an effort of going to clubs and going to parties and going to all this fucking shit. That's going to make you a sad person in the long run. Trust me, dude. I've been there. Right? I've been there. I've been I've been at parties where, like, you know, my emotions have got fucked with or I drank way too much and I said something to somebody that I didn't mean to say and then that creates a different drama. Fuck all that shit, dude. Why the fuck do you need that? Right? What makes more sense to me is being surrounded by, like, five or six friends where I can go to, uh, like dinner parties with right and i can have meaningful human relationships not all this grinding and fucking like rubbing against each other in clubs like cool that's fun for a little bit but then you realize 99 percent of the people in those places are insecure as fuck dude they're insecure as shit and we play this whole game of like alpha beta all this bullshit like from what i see it's a divisive tactic like, quote-unquote, betas. Let's go, let's start with alphas. Quote-unquote, alphas are these guys that are like, you know, will tell anyone to their face, like, how they think, and they're very decisive, and they're very straightforward, and they 
they always get what they want or they like dominate socially, right? And quote unquote betas are these guys that are shy away. They they're very submissive to alphas. And it's all bullshit, dude. It's all fucking bullshit. When you look at it, if you want to become better in social skills, work on your social skills. If you want to get better at talking to women, talk to more women. You can evolution's the key to everything, dude. So if you sit here and say, well, I'm alpha, I'm beta, I'm I'm uh, introverted, I'm extroverted. Alphas, let me tell you this. Quote, unquote, people that say they're alpha are probably the most insecure people of all time, right? Because all I see alpha as are people that channel how they get what they want through anger or aggression. And they think that anger and aggression somehow makes them a stronger man. And when in fact it doesn't, it's a dichotomy of getting what you want, but being sympathetic to others. There's two parts and all these fucks don't get it. They'd rather take shots all night and whisper into a sweet mama's ear. Oh, the things I do to you. Do you really think, hold up, other than insecure girls, do you really think that fucking works, dude? Do you really think that works? Come on, man. Come on. It's just comical to me, dude. So do I go to orgies? No! I don't go to orgies, dude. Because I value deeper connection. And I value myself too much to have sex with like 50 different people in the same room or whatever the fuck. Right? And if you do that, I'm not judging you, dude. All I'm saying is take a look around at the other people that you're in that room with and ask yourself, are they happy? Are they happy people? You know, I'm going to guess, I'm going to venture, they're probably not. But, you know, do what you want, dude. Get to sucking and fucking. Get to sucking and fucking and see how happy it makes you. Because there's only so far you can go, dude. There's only so far you can go. And it was funny. Like when I lost my virginity, I was kind of like, oh shit, that's it, dude. Like that's all I was worrying about this entire time. And then it created like a mental clarity of me being able to be like, oh shit. I was worried for absolutely nothing. I'm going to keep killing what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm still not going to reprioritize sex as number one. Why the fuck would I do that? Um, let me just say this, guys. Everyone underestimates themselves. Everyone underestimates what they're capable of. Everyone underestimates uh, their self-confidence. And let me just say this. Stop it! Stop it, dude. Stop it. And that's it. Back to fun. And back to fun. Okay? And that's it. And back to fun. And now we can go back to fun and we can talk about things that are just glorious and just fun okay uh <laughs> oh guys i'm trying to eat healthy again and oh my god oh my god it's hard it's it's uh you know when you go you get in that habit you know and i know you motherfuckers let me tell you this right now i know like 85 percent of you do the same thing at lunchtime you go to like your favorite fast food, dinner time, you go to fast food, breakfast, you're like, oh, I don't really want to eat breakfast. Or like you eat something small or whatever. 
but then it's like fast food, fast food, fast food. And then you're like, I'm trying to eat healthy, but then you remember that Baconator, baby. Then you remember that mm, spicy McChicken, the McBitchin. Oh my God, you guys. Have you tried a McBitchin? Have you tried a McBitchin? You get a McDouble. And you peel that bitch apart right at the hamburger bun. And you watch that cheese separate. And, you know, some may choose to lick the cheese as they're separating the patties. That's not me. I'm just saying some people prefer to do that. And that's fine. I'm not judging them. But they peel that cheese. And if you lick or not, you put the McChicken right in the center. And then you close that bitch up. And you throw off the pickles because fuck those things. What are they anyways? Pickled cucumbers? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. How about throw-up slices, dude? That's what I call them, huh? You throw that shit off of there, and then you eat the McBitchin. And I gotta say, you guys, changed my life. Changed my life. I didn't have a McBitchin until this year. And it changed my life. And after that, I got them like every day for a couple weeks straight. And I got to say this. I got to say this. Without my coworkers, I never would have even thought to put some chicken and some beef. And if you really think about it, it's pretty fucked up, right? You're putting two animals together in between some, uh, some yeasted flour and some tomato paste. And you're just chomping away at that. That's weird, dude. It really is weird. And you know what? Meat, meat in general, it's kind of funny. Like, I dated somebody for, for a little bit who did not eat meat. And her claim to fame was meat made her feel weird. And I totally get that. It's not for environmental reasons or, like, humanitarian reasons. Although it could have been for her. I don't know. For me... I noticed the second I stop eating meat for a long period of time and then start eating meat again, my anxiety comes back so badly. So badly, man. And uh, I think maybe it's all the salt. Maybe it's just the meat itself. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Could be a mixture of the both. But really, it's it's something to look at. Like, we're so adopted to, dr- to eating meat all of the time, man. All of the time. And it's kind of made me start wanting to do a, a uh, Mediterranean diet. Like, fish, fruits, vegetables. And kind of lay off the meat. Be very sparing with meat. Because I gotta say, man. There's something about meat in general that... that uh, I don't know. It, it gives you this heavy feeling. This... Uh, I don't know. And I've looked at the keto diet again, going back to the keto diet. Not that I need to, uh, you know, really adjust my diet to, to make my body look better. More so the mental feeling from it. Because I think a lot of people look at her diet and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll get a 40-piece chicken nugget and a big old hamburger and a Diet Coke. And then they eat it all Oh my god, I feel like shit. Why do I feel like shit? I better go on an antidepressant. Really, dude? And that's what it comes down to, man. We need to focus on the diet in this country, you know? 
You know what I mean? I was, I pulled up to a McDonald's and I'm thinking about this. I look at the menu items like, you can get two cheeseburgers for two dollars. For anywhere else in the world, that's like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. That's a good deal. Oh yeah, I'll take the two cheeseburgers for two dollars. That's a great deal. But over here, we're like, yeah, let me get a number six. Uh, upgrade that to a large, and then we'll get four McChickens and two French fries and an Oreo McFlurry. Oh, it's broken? Okay, well, instead, let's get three apple pies. And then you eat all that shit, and you feel terrible. No one ever, look, no one goes to a fast food restaurant and is happy afterwards, right? Taco Bell, KFC, Wendy's, McDonald's, all sound good in concept, dude. They sound good in concept. They sound good on paper. And then when you execute, you're like, oh, oh shit. <sighs> now I have to deal with this the next day, you know, especially late at night. You all know that Taco Bell cringe. You go to Taco Bell, you order like $15 worth of food and you just binge it all. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't move anymore if I wanted to. I should probably, I'm on the border of calling an ambulance. Okay, breathe in, breathe out. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Everyone's gone through that, dude. And uh, it makes you wonder, like, man, we have an eating problem in this country, huh? We have a big eating problem in this country, huh? When you have people, like, could you imagine, could you imagine... If all of a sudden overnight there was as many fat people in China as there are in the U.S. It'd be like an epidemic. It'd be all over the news. Like, what's going on? Never seen people like this before. And you know what? I'm going to be a number one proponent into bringing back fat shaming. Bring it back, dude. I don't give a fuck, man. Bring it back. Uh... It's not, it shouldn't be socially acceptable to let our friends and family get to these stages where it degrades their life. It degrades their life. And you can't look at the government to be like, well, you should write a law. Fuck off, dude. Fix the education, bro. You want to fix the people? Fix the education. It's that simple, cocksucker. And if you're going to sit here and tell me otherwise, then go fuck yourself. Because it's the education, man. You look at these people, it's because they, they went through some shit, probably as a child. And they're like, oh my god, daddy beats mommy, you got to eat three Big Macs. It's another coping mechanism, dude, just like all the other drugs. Let me get into that. Let's talk about the fucking drugs. Oh my god, you got me on a soapbox now, I'm so heated, dude. I'm so heated. Let's talk about drugs in this country, man. Especially in Utah. I think I have a really, really good perspective in Utah because it's the most oppressed state in the country when it comes to drugs. The LDS Church, the Mormon Church, and let me say this, as a member of the Latter-day Saints, right, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as a member, I can honestly say this. 
The church has fucked up more lives in this state than it, it even knows about. Right? By pers- by protecting the prosperity of their members, they are fucking over everyone else who is not a Mormon. And I can see that now. I didn't used to think that way until I disassociated from the church. Now I see it. Right? And the church having actual stock holdings in pharmaceutical companies and them actively lobbying against cannabis for Utah tells me one thing. Their best interest is not in the people of that church. Their best interest is in the people that provide them money. Money is what's driving them, right? All this tithing money, for those of you who don't know, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to be a top, to be a committed member to go to the celestial kingdom, which is the top part of heaven, you have to pay 10% of everything gross to the almighty church. And they know what's best for your money. And sadly, what's best for your money gets, uh, gets put into, you know, stock funds, gets put into NVIDIA, Intel, Apple, Amazon, these earthly companies that this church talks about being against. They reinvest untaxed money into the stock market. And if if you don't pay, your salvation is at stake. Really? Are you kidding me? It's like this new law. And I know we're supposed to have a silly goose time. I don't know that right now. But let me tell you this right now. This, this lobbying that's going on, right? The state of Utah is now suing the federal government. Um under proposition two. So it's kind of funny. Like we passed this thing as the people of Utah, we passed a proposition called proposition two, which would make cannabis legal. Then the United States government, Utah's government actually decided, well, instead of the law you guys just voted on, we're going to replace it with something else. And then somebody sued him over it. And they said the LDS church had a huge role in lobbying the uh, the Congress, the House, and the Senate of Utah to rewrite the bill to be more favorable um, to their religious belief system. Okay. And that was amended, dude. It was actually passed off. So that lawsuit that was filed against the Utah government, the Utah government was like, oh, it's not our fault. Let's push it to federal level. And then they removed the the LDS aspect of it. They basically said, we'll move it to the federal level, but we have to take out the part that says it's the church's fault. Fuck yourself, dude. That church can fuck itself. The fact that we have legislature influenced and and Congress members influenced by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is abysmal. They don't pay taxes, yet a lot of the legislature, a lot of the members of Congress are members of the church. So they believe in their heads that whatever the prophet says supersedes the will of the people, the will of the government. And that's where it just has to stop, dude. They can suck this big white dick. Well, not big, but average size, you know, maybe slightly bigger than average, but I'll give myself that.
Anyways, now that I'm off that soapbox, oh man, why everyone got to be so angry, huh? Why everyone got to be so angry? It's like everyone's so stressed out, like everyone's cutting each other off in traffic. Hey, fuck you. No, fuck you too. Ah, hey. oh, suck, suck my dick. Fuck you. Everyone just hates each other, dude. Like, you, where I was growing up, like, you hold the door open for someone, like, they say thank you or whatever. You know, now you hold the door open for someone, they just walk on through. And that's fine. No one asks them to hold the door, but fuck, man. Where's some common decency? Where are these common decency, huh? These people just flying by. Fuck you! Everyone's out for themselves, dude. Everyone's out for themselves. But you know, do what you want. Do what you want, dude. How about another funny thing, dude? Let's talk about corporate structure. <laughs> A lot of you are like, that's not fun. Oh my god, that's not fun. Corporate structure. Let's talk about this. How many of your coworkers do you see like sucking up to the boss? Sucking up, dude. Like, we have this idea that people that are higher than us have something to give us. When in reality it's a trick, dude. It's just an illusion. Everyone's equal. And the second you start being like Oh shit, I'm the same as everyone else. Like, I can do the same thing anyone else has done. They're like, yeah, you can. Yes, you can. But everyone's going to trick you. You're like, oh, okay. Well, let me try that. And then you start doing that and people are like, oh my God, he knows the secret. He knows the trick. And the trick is all of these people that, you know, quote, unquote, your boss, Whatever you look at your boss to be, and I don't, I don't mean this as like a manager, supervisor, anything like that. Whoever your boss is, that authoritative figure who thinks they have control over your life. Uh, you could quit the next day and piss on their desk, dude. And you would probably go to jail for that. But I'm just saying you could do that and it would traumatize them forever. Get it through your head, dude. P these people think that they have absolute and utter control over your life until they don't and that's just the lesson some of these people have to learn but once you realize like they have absolutely no control over your life and whatever you contribute to the company is because of you then your perception starts to to shift just a little bit so for those of you who are going against a boss that maybe doesn't have your back or like fuck i don't want to go to work tomorrow whatever just realize they have no control over the long term, dude. It may seem like an endless path, but fuck them. Fuck them, dude. What are they going to do? Oh, my God. I'm going to get a write-up. <laughs> what am I going to do? Are you kidding me? Write me up, dude. Oh, my God. If I do this again, I'm going to get fired. Can I get that in writing, please? Because that would just make me feel a lot better. If I could be assured that if I do that one more time, I'll get fired. That would be great. Be confident, dude. Be confident in yourself. Realize that your employer hired you because they see something in you that they don't have. You're valuable to the company, man. You're valuable to whatever you participate in. Don't think you're just another number. That's where the magic shift happens. 
you want to go far, know your value and build your value. And then tell people they're wrong constantly. You got to constantly do it. And it's part of being afraid. You have to be afraid. To do anything great in life, you have to be afraid, man. Like, the only reason that I've progressed as far as I have without a college degree is because I've been relentless and I don't give a flying fuck what people think. I don't, dude. The worst thing that's going to happen with me saying something offensive is I get fired and have to find a new job. Whoops! Oh my god, how hard is that? But can't I have a family and obligations and bills? Go fuck yourself, dude. We all do. Is it my fault you don't have a reserve built up in your savings? Right? If you really were looking out for the best interests of your family, wouldn't you have a little bit saved up so that you can put yourself in a situation where you can provide for them better mentally and physically? Come on, dude. Stop making excuses. Stop taking pers- Start taking personal accountability. That's what's missing. Everyone wants to shift blame on other shit. But the second you start looking in the mirror and I'm like, hey, man, everything that's gone wrong in my life is my fucking fault. Watch how fast your fucking life changes, dude. And I'm passionate and I'm pissed now because it makes me so irritated how many people out there say, well, my superior said this about me and therefore that is my reality. Go fuck yourself, dude. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself who you want to be and become that person. How do you become that person? You do the things that that person would do. You have an idea of what a successful version of you is in your mind? Do those things. Just do them. That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes to make a significant change in your life. You want to go from making $1,500 to $2,500 a month up to $10,000 to $20,000 a month? That's your decision. You make that decision. Your boss doesn't make that decision. Oh, a quarterly performance review. Fuck yourself. You make the decision of what you're worth, you fuck. And until you realize that, you're going to be poor as shit. So the second you want to stop being poor, this is what you do. If I'm going to give one piece of advice the entire podcast, you want to stop being poor, this is what you do. Believe in yourself more than anyone else around you. Love yourself more than anyone else around you. That's it, dude. That's it. That's all you got to do to be number one. Believe it. Believe it. And the funny thing is we live in a world where we're taught not to believe it, dude. We're taught to sit here and be like, oh, that'll never be me. I can never have this. I can never have that. Instead, I'm going to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians and suck Kanye West's dick or all these other little rappers who are only worth like, what, $4 million, which is chump change, dude. Thinking in the big scope of things, 4 to like $10 million, chump change. Yet all of these rappers just brag about endless money and, um, and, and, and lavish lifestyle. They don't know, dude. You want to live a lavish lifestyle? Give up on the bullshit, dog. But anyway, let's get off that tangent. I love you guys. We're wrapping up episode number 14. Hopefully you guys like this. I know Spotify kind of fucked me over in a few ways. Uh, They unlisted my podcast and 
Well, I had two versions of the podcast listed, and they were promoting my last RSS feed, so no one saw the new episode. So that's cool. It's all good, Spotify. I still love you anyways. We're going to keep popping out these podcasts, hopefully get better, more experience, uh, more interactions with other people, maybe some guests, baby, and trying to keep it lighting on its toes. And until next time, you motherfuckers, stay classy. Stay good, and could you please subscribe to this podcast? And I will see you in episode 15. Later.